Section 110 of The Poems of Jonathan Swift, Volume 1, by Jonathan Swift. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A motto for Mr. Jason Hassard, woolen draper in Dublin, whose sign was the Golden Fleece. Jason, the valiant prince of Greece, from colches brought the Golden Fleece. We comb the wool, refine the stuff. For modern Jasons, that's enough. Oh, could we tame yon watchful dragon, Old Jason would have less to brag on. To a friend who had been much abused in many inveterate libels. The greatest monarch may be stabbed by night, And fortune help the murderer in his flight. The vilest ruffian may commit a rape, Yet safe from injured innocence escape. And calumny by working underground Can unrevenged the greatest merit wound. What's to be done? Shall wit and learning choose To live obscure and have no fame to lose? By censure frighted out of honour's road, Nor dare to use the gifts by heaven bestowed? Or fearless enter in through virtue's gate, And buy distinction at the dearest rate? Catullus de Lesbia Lesbia forever on me rails, To talk of me she never fails, now hang me but for all her art, I find that I have gained her heart. My proof is this, I plainly see, The case is just the same with me. I curse her every hour sincerely, Yet hang me but I love her dearly. On a curate's complaint of hard duty. I marched three miles through scorching sand, With zeal in heart and notes in hand, I rode four more to great St. Mary, Using four legs when two were weary. To three fair virgins I did tie men In the close bands of pleasing hymen. I dipped two babes in holy water And purified their mother after. Within an hour and eke a half I preached three congregations deaf. Their thundering out with lungs long-winded I chopped so fast that few there minded. My emblem, the laborious son, saw all these mighty labors done, before one race of his was run. All this performed by Robert Hewitt, what mortal else could ear go through it? To Betty the Grisette Queen of wit and beauty, Betty, never may the muse forget ye. How thy face charms every shepherd, spotted over like a leopard. And thy freckled neck displayed, Envy breeds in every maid, Like a fly-blown cake of tallow, Or on parchment ink turned yellow, Or a tawny speckled pippin, Shriveled with a winter's keeping. And thy beauty thus dispatched, Let me praise thy wit unmatched. Sets of phrases cut and dry, Evermore thy tongue supply, And thy memory is loaded With old scraps from plays exploded, Stocked with repartees and jokes, Suited to all Christian folks, Shreds of wit and senseless rhymes, Blundered out a thousand times, Nor wilt thou of gifts be sparing, Which can ne'er be worse for wearing. Picking wit among collegians, In the playhouse upper regions, Where in the eighteen-penny gallery Irish nymphs learn Irish raillery, But thy merit is thy failing, And thy raillery is railing. Thus with talents well endued, To be scurrilous and rude, When you pertly raise your snout, Fleer and jibe and laugh and flout. 
This among Hiberian asses For sheer wit and humour passes. Thus indulgent Chloe bit, Swears you have a world of wit. Epigram from the French Who can believe with common sense A bacon slice gives God offence? Or how a herring has a charm, Almighty vengeance to disarm? Wrapped up in majesty divine, Does he regard on what we dine? Epigram As Thomas was cudgelled one day by his wife, He took to the street and fled for his life. Tom's three dearest friends came by in the squabble, And saved him at once from the shrew and the rabble, Then ventured to give him some sober advice. But Tom is a person of honour so nice, too wise to take counsel, too proud to take warning, that he sent to all three a challenge next morning. Three duels he fought, thrice ventured his life, went home, and was cudgelled again by his wife. Epigram, added by Stella. When Marjorie chastises Ned, she calls it combing of his head. A kinder wife was never born, she combs his head and finds him horn. Joan Cudgels Ned Joan Cudgels Ned, yet Ned's a bully. Will Cudgels Bess, yet Will's a cully. Die, Ned and Bess, give Will to Joan. She dares not say her life's her own. Die, Joan and Will, give Bess to Ned. And every day she combs his head. Verses on Two Celebrated Modern Poets Behold those monarch oaks that rise with lofty branches to the skies, have large proportioned roots that grow with equal longitude below. Two bards that now in fashion reign most aptly this device explain. If this to clouds and stars will venture, that creeps as far to reach the centre. Or more to show the thing I mean, have you not o'er a saw pit seen? A skilled mechanic that has stood high on a length of prostrate wood, who hired a subterraneous friend to take his iron by the end. But which excelled was never found, the man above or underground. The moral is so plain to hit, that, had I been the god of wit, then in a sawpit and wet weather should young and Phillips drudge together. Epitaph on General Gorgas and Lady Meath Under this stone lies Dick and Dolly, Doll dying first, Dick grew melancholy, for Dick without Doll thought living a folly. Dick lost in Doll a wife tender and dear, but Dick lost by Doll twelve hundred a year, a loss that Dick thought no mortal could bear. Dick sighed for his Doll and his mournful arms crossed, thought much of his Doll and the jointure he lost. The first vexed him much, the other vexed most. Thus loaded with grief, Dick sighed and he cried, To live without both full three days he tried, But liked neither loss, and so quietly died. Dick left a pattern few will copy after, Then, reader, pray shed some tears of salt water, For so sad a tale is no subject of laughter. Meath smiles for the jointure, though gotten so late, The sun laughs that got the hard-gotten estate, and Cuff grins forgetting the alicant plate. Here quiet they lie, in hopes to rise one day, both solemnly put in this hole on Sunday, and here rest 
Sic Transit Gloria Mundi. Verses on I Know Not What My latest tribute here I send, With this let your collection end. Thus I consign you down to fame, A character to praise or blame. And if the whole may pass for true, Contented rest, you have your due. Give future time the satisfaction To leave one handle for detraction. Dr. Swift to himself on St. Cecilia's Day Grave Dean of St. Patrick's, how comes it to pass that you who know music know more than an ass, that you who so lately were writing of drapers should lend your cathedral to players and scrapers, to act such an opera once in a year, so offensive to every true Protestant ear, with trumpets and fiddles and organs and singing, will sure the pretender and popery bring in, no Protestant prelate his lordship or grace durst there show his right or most reverend face. How would it pollute their croziers and rochets to listen to minims and quavers and crotchets? An Answer to a Friend's Question The furniture that best doth please, St. Patrick's Dean, good sir, are these. The knife and fork with which I eat, and next the pot that boils the meat. The next to be preferred, I think, is the glass in which I drink, the shelves on which my books I keep, and the bed on which I sleep, an antique elbow-chair between, big enough to hold the dean, and the stove that gives delight in the cold, bleak, wintry night. To these we add a thing below, more for use reserved than show. These are what the dean do please, all superfluous are but these. End of section 110